Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 147, your commonly asked questions answered and the details of my new program. Hello, hello, hello. How are you all? Well, I'm super excited for this episode because I held a public Q&A session and answered some very common questions that I get from you all. Maybe you're on my email list or following me on Facebook or just listen to the podcast, but I answered your most common questions such as, what do we do if my spouse drinks or my partner drinks and I want to cut back? And how do I not feel deprived? And I don't want to fail. And I dive deep into each of these questions. And some of you attended live, actually, and I got to answer more questions. And I shared all of the details of my new and improved and upgraded Stop Over Drinking and Start Living 2.0 program. So make sure you listen all the way through to hear the details of that. And you don't want to miss because I'm currently accepting applications. And there's some fun bonuses and things that you can get if you get your application in and you're approved early. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Q&A call with Angela Masenik. The first question that I hear probably is the number one question is what if my spouse drinks (laughs) or family and friends drink? Same type of question. And I want to cut back. And a lot of people get worried about that because they don't understand how that would look because that's how their relationship has always been. You know, even for me, like when I got married, my husband and I got married in a winery. We met in college and we partied together and traveled together and had big thing, like big group of friends that we did all those things together. And, you know, that was part of like our connection, right? We went to wineries and all this stuff all the time. And so... A lot of people get concerned that their relationship is going to change if they start working on their relationship with alcohol and they worry about that. And I would say it's a legitimate concern. Um, I definitely don't want to tell you that (laughs) it's not legitimate or you shouldn't worry about it. And I mean, worry is something that isn't super useful with our time. But this is what I have found through coaching. Most of the women inside my program are in a relationship of some sort and their spouses or partners also drink. And what I found is they focus just on themselves and they release control of what the other person is doing. It is so much more helpful because when they just look to themselves and understand why they're drinking and they work on that instead of being distracted with what the other person or friends or partners are doing and thinking that they should be supporting me, Right. If you release all of that and you just turn your focus and attention on yourself and solve your own overdrinking, what happens is, first of all, you don't show up and trying to push your agenda and be like, we got to do this together. And, you know, let's let's not drink Monday through Friday together. And then they end up coming home and drinking like you're going to be like, right. I thought we were doing this together and now you're not being supportive. I might as well drink. Right. Like you're giving your power away when you do that. 
you're making somebody else responsible for changing your results with alcohol. And the best piece of advice I can give you with that is that you have to be 100% responsible for it. It's nice when people support you. It's like the cherry on top. It's nice when they're like, oh yeah, whatever you need. I'm here to support you 100% of the time. But we also know by being alive for the number of years that we have that even though what people say that, it's really hard to stick to that for them sometimes, right? So like they're not on the same path as you maybe with wanting to change their relationship with alcohol or food and they don't want to not drink sometimes, right? So we want to give them permission to just do whatever they're going to do and instead focus that energy on ourselves. So what that looks like is if, say, you know, you decided that you weren't gonna drink Monday through Thursday and your spouse comes home and he's like, oh my gosh, I just bought your favorite bottle of wine. Let's celebrate, it's blah, blah, blah. Maybe, you know, you got good news or something like that, right? And it's not a, a night that you had planned on drinking. What I advise is just be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, that was so thoughtful. You know what? I would love to have some of that when I've planned for it. Would you mind if we just save that for tomorrow? Or could we enjoy that and like make it a special thing this weekend? Or whatever the situation, like, you know, so we don't make in the moment decisions with alcohol, but we don't get mad at them for, for not supporting our goals. Does that make sense? So it's just like, oh, thank you. This is what I do. Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. Would you like some of this? I'm happy to open this for you. I'm not having any tonight, right? That kind of energy comes off. It's like, it's appreciative. It's thanking them. They haven't done anything wrong. And it feels better for you when you show up with more of like this appreciation for the thoughtfulness or whatever it is. And you don't turn it around and make it mean that they're not supportive of you. Okay, so when you think they're not supportive of me, they knew that I wasn't drinking during the week or whatever the situation is, what do you feel when you have those types of thoughts? Somebody just comment. <laughs> what do you think you feel when you're like, they're not being very supportive? Probably like resentful, angry, upset, right? <laughs> it says, it says angry. Yeah. And then what do you do when you feel that way? Maybe you go hide. Maybe you yell at them, right? Maybe you go eat something, ragey, like, or maybe you end up drinking. Like, what do you do from that place? Kimberly says, I always fail if my husband buys wine for me when he gets his. Why do I feel like I can only go alcohol free when he's not in the house? Yeah. So that means that you give your results away to something that he's doing. And that's not very empowering, right? So it's like everything has to be perfect. This is like what I talk about self-abdicating. You're making him responsible for your results with alcohol. So what you're doing is you're saying, okay, if he's here and he brings wine home, I drink it. I don't have any control over that. And that is not really helpful for you because you lose your power. <laughs> and like the way I teach stop over drinking and changing your relationship with alcohol is learning how to be empowered, learning how to feel good about the decisions you've made, no matter what other people are doing or what happens outside of you. Okay, so the freedom comes when you can be like, oh, it's so nice he thought of me. He gets to enjoy his glass of wine and I get to focus on me, right? You turn that attention into you and you just practice. Like if, you're, if your husband or spouse brings home a bottle of wine or whatever you like, or your friends step over unexpectedly, or you get you know invited out unexpectedly, 
you get to practice is working with your urges, feeling that that want for the alcohol and not responding to it, retraining yourself in those situations. So I would practice that and letting go, like don't make them responsible for how much you drink, okay? And letting go of the anger and choosing just like, oh, they're so thoughtful, right? That feels so much better when you think that way. And then you're less likely to want to numb out, right? That you're like, okay, I can do this. Like they can enjoy their drinks. I can pour myself a really nice mocktail. We can sit here together and the experience can still be had. I just don't have to drink from it. Yeah, Kimberly, you just, you just, you got to practice it. Like we have to be willing to practice, right? So like the next, I would just plan like now, the next time that happens, that what your plan is, how you're going to, you know, visualize yourself saying that in your head, like really like, instead of visualizing anger and resentment and like what you would normally do, visualize a new way to show up, visualize yourself saying, Oh, it's so thoughtful. Hey, you're welcome to drink that. I'm not drinking tonight. If you want to save that for when I want when I have my planned drinks, happy to, or I'll just have a sparkling water with you and we can sit and chat. So much nicer, right? So much less angst. Let me know if you have any questions about that. So basically the advice is to turn the energy back to you. <laughs> look at what you're thinking and feeling and look at the underlying stuff that's happening for you that makes you want to not go towards your goals, okay? And let them do whatever they're gonna do. And when you do this, I swear they will end up drinking less as well. All of my clients tell me this. We have a, actually have a podcast on it. Um, Amanda, since you're here, if you want to pop that in there, but we had my clients come on who had spouses that drink heavily as well. And they talked about working through some of that stuff and how their husbands actually ended up drinking about 50% less by default. It's pretty amazing. My husband had the same experience. So for the first time, when I started doing this work myself, I didn't make him do it with me. I made him do all of the other diets. It was crazy. Juice fasts, Atkins, um, green smoothies. I mean, extreme shit. And he, I was like, come on and like sell him hard on it. And then he, we would do it. Right. And then it would last like a week or something. And then he would like go secretly eat pizza and I would get so pissed. <laughs> and this time I'm like, you know what? I can only control me. And I'm the one that wants to change my relationship with alcohol. So I'm going to work on that and I'm going to let them do whatever they need to do. So much easier. Thank you, Amanda. So Michelle, I think this will answer your question about, you said you're having a hard time getting past urges. So I want to talk about deprivation. Um, that was a question that we got in the last Q and a that I did that I don't think I addressed directly. So deprivation is a feeling that we have when we feel like we might miss out. Right. So like deprivation is like, oh, I can't have something. Right. So when you think about going to a social event or vacation or, you know, you're around other people that are drinking or you could just be a Tuesday night and you normally drink and you've had a long day, right? You might feel deprived by not drinking that as well. So it's deprivation is a feeling that occurs. It's an emotion that you have by how you're thinking. Deprivation doesn't just happen when you don't drink or don't eat pizza or whatever it is that you want, right? It's because you're thinking about not drinking in a way that makes you feel deprived. I'm missing out. Everybody's drinking but me. This isn't any fun. I really want that, but I said I'm not drinking tonight and this sucks. Okay, those are internal thoughts that you have that create this deprivation feeling. 
So I just really want you all to see that not drinking or going to a birthday party and not eating cake, very similar situation, right? Doesn't equal deprivation. It's your thoughts about not drinking or not eating cake that create this feeling of like, I really want this. I'm missing something. Okay. So the way to not feel deprived is not by planning extra drinks or doing things you don't really want to do. So you don't feel deprived, deprived the way out of deprivation is changing the way you think. Okay. So I want to ask you guys, what do you think is a way you could think that would make you feel less deprived? So all of you are, all of you are here because you want to reduce how much you're drinking, right? But you also don't want to feel deprived. <laughs> so you kind of put yourself in a hard place, right? You're like, I know I want to not drink as much, but I also know I don't want to feel deprived. So sometimes, you know, this is how it was for me. Sometimes I would just give in and drink more than I wanted to because I didn't want to feel that deprivation, right? I didn't understand at that time that it was my thoughts about not drinking that created the deprivation. Okay. So helpful thoughts, you want to remember why you've chosen not to drink or you're only having one or two, right? So when you're in those moments and your brain's like, oh, this really sucks. I really want to drink. I don't want to feel deprived. Everybody else around me is doing it. You need to zoom out in that moment and remember why you put that boundary for yourself in the first place, why you decided ahead of time that you didn't want to drink tonight because you have this bigger goal to improve your life by drinking less, okay? And it's okay that it's uncomfortable, right? It's okay that you're having urges. It's okay that your mind is like, oh, you should really have something. All of that is normal. But you can reduce those uncomfortable feelings by not sitting there and being hard on yourself and like, this sucks and using negative thoughts to amplify some of that uncomfortableness, okay? so. When I was doing this work, and this is what I recommend to my clients, is you want to manage your mind before you go into those situations. So you know that you want to drink less. You've made your plan to drink, you know, a certain amount or none at all. And so you want to explore what you are thinking about that before you go into the situation. What are, what are my thoughts about drinking less tonight? What are my thoughts about not drinking at the party tomorrow? And just get it out so you can get awareness about where you are mentally with not drinking as much. Make sense? And then you can look at these thoughts and be like, oh, okay. Well, if I keep thinking these thoughts, how am I going to feel when I go to this event tomorrow? Am I going to feel deprived? Am I going to feel nervous? Am, am I going to be worried that I'm going to fail? Right? So by uncovering those types of thoughts, you will see where your mindset is. Right? And remember your thoughts, your mindset is what creates your results. So if you don't check that before you go and you go into the event or the situation and you're worked up, you're probably more likely to drink more than you want. Because our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions. Okay, so if you go into it feeling deprived, you go into it feeling worried, or nervous or anxious, right, and you don't know how to pause and stop and reflect and process that and interrupt that pattern, then you're more likely to drink. Make sense? Right, Stacy. I deprive myself of other things when I drink too much. Absolutely. That's another like way to poke a hole into the thought and idea of I'm going to be deprived. What are you depriving yourself of your life with over drinking? 
What are you depriving yourself the next morning? Good night's sleep, well-rested, nice, not puffy face in the morning, heartburn, headache, dehydration. You get to get so much more out of your day when you don't do that, right? So you're depriving yourself of feeling good if you overdrink. It's good. Can you guys hear my dog? <laughs> so the Michelle, I just want to address your thought, your um, comment about the urges. I'm having a hard time getting past the urges. I would like to understand a little bit more about what happens. What are you doing when you have urges? Because when I hear that, what that means is usually is like, you think urges are a problem and you're resisting them and they you're like clenching up and fighting them. Okay. When you allow your urges and you breathe into them, you're like, yeah, I'm having urges for alcohol. That makes sense because I normally have, would have had a drink tonight. I'm having an urge. It's not a death sentence. Okay. Let me breathe and allow and process. That's so much more gentler. When you think I just got to get past the urge, it's like the urge is a problem that you need to get rid of. And the goal isn't to get rid of them, it's to allow them so you can work on your desire for alcohol. You have a high desire for alcohol right now. And to get that desire lower so you don't want it as much, you have to welcome the urges to come in and work through them. Okay, and we don't want to resist it. Okay, so what happens is you usually drink. Yeah, so you're probably fighting the urge and then you give into it. Okay, so you're letting the urge drive the act of drinking. Yeah. So when you do that, you just build more desire. So you're just training, you keep training your brain that when you have an urge, you drink. So you, you create a stronger neural pathway there. So the way out of that is to interrupt and allow yourself to be with the urges and not give it a reward on the other side. Your brain wants to be efficient. Okay. So it's not going to keep delivering you urges if there's no reward on the other side. So we want to allow that desire to be there and breathe and process through it. Okay, don't replace it with like food or something to distract yourself from it. Really use your breath to let that come in and work through it and relax your body. Michelle, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, which is hard. <laughs> That's a thought, right? Like it doesn't have to be hard. Listen, you guys look at how you're, the language that you use to describe things creates your experience with it, right? I'm learning how to stop over drinking. I will, I will never sell you that it's an easy thing. Okay. There is challenges. You have to look at all of your thoughts and work through your feelings and get to the root of why you're drinking in the first place. Like it takes some work, but I don't like to describe it as hard. I like to describe it as interesting, right? This is fascinating. I get to know myself more through this work, right? That feels a lot better than be like, this is hard. Okay. So just notice how you're describing some of this stuff. Your brain hears that those thoughts and it's like, oh God, I don't want to do hard. Remember, we're programmed to seek pleasure, avoid pain and save energy. So if you have hard thoughts or painful thoughts or dreadful thoughts, that releases a chemical structure, the feeling, that emotion in your body that feels negative. And then we're driven into action to escape pain and to seek pleasure. So it's all connected, right? Your thoughts, your experience, the way you describe things is everything. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on was this idea of not wanting to fail. 
So I hear a lot of times from my clients, from people writing in that they want to stop over drinking and they want to work on that, but they don't want to fail. So, you know, since we're, I'm going to take a drink of my coffee before it gets too cold. So what happens, I see a lot of the time is that they'll be like, okay, it's the weekend. This is when I normally drink a lot. <laughs> and so I want to set myself up for success because I don't want to fail. And so I'm going to put like five drinks on my drink plan for a Friday night. Okay. Because they don't want to fail. And because the idea of saying, I'm going to put two drinks on my drink plan, my belief in myself that I probably won't be able to stick to that is really low, right? Because our brain likes to look to our past and experiences and find evidence that of how we show up to things, right? That's just what we do. It's like a computer program. So it goes into the past and it looks at all the different times you've said, you're only going to have two drinks and like, oh gosh, you can't do that. Your outcome is not good. It's like a robot, right? So when you're like, okay, I'm going to plan to be successful for the weekend, I don't want to fail. So I'm going to put five or six drinks in my drink plan. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I just want to just explore this idea of failure and why changing your relationship with alcohol, you need to be open to failing. So open to failing. Failure is a good thing because when you fail, you get to uncover what happened and what your triggers are. So say you you know, normally drink five drinks on a Friday night and you're gonna try to drink two drinks, okay? And you end up failing, right? In the failure, in that past the two, after you've had your second drink to the fifth drink, you're gonna get to see what you're thinking, what is coming up for you. What was the situation that you were in? What were the circumstances that you were in? And you're gonna learn so much about how you act in that situation when you have alcohol in your brain that if you just say, no, I don't want to fail, and you just put five drinks on your drink plan, you miss out on that information. You don't get to understand yourself and why you drink as much as you do. So I'm not saying that you should plan on failing. I'm just saying don't be afraid of it because there's so much gold in the failure. And what I help you do is not beat yourself up when you do fail, right? I help you tap into yourself to figure out what happened in that drink two to drink five. Does that make sense? So instead of the next day when you wake up, this is what why we don't want to fail is because of that negative chatter and the shaming and the frustration that comes in when we don't follow through on what we say we're going to do. That's why we don't like the failure because we don't like the way that we feel about ourselves, right? But that's an optional thing too, just like deprivation. You don't have to be hard on yourself for that. You can be like, okay, I recognize that I drank more than I did, that I wanted to last night. Let me go figure out why. What was I thinking after that second glass? What was happening in my situation? Was I conscious? Was I paying attention? You know, did somebody say something to me I didn't like? And go in and like an investigator and look at what happened in that time. And then you can learn from that and have a new strategy for next time and be aware of some of those things that might trigger you to want to drink more and be like, okay, I'm, I'm aware of this now. And since I only want to drink two, these are the, these are the things that I've decided to do in this time to make myself successful next time. And then you grow, you learn a bit more, you try again, you go a little bit more, right? So don't be scared of failing, be willing to fail and learning from your failures. 
Yeah, so interesting, Stacey says, and having the chance to get to know yourself better. Changing your relationship with alcohol isn't like it's an internal thing with you. Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, all of that is an internal relationship that you have with yourself, right? How you perceive other people, how you perceive the world around you, right? Those are your thoughts about your job, your relationships, your health, right? That is the relationship with yourself that you want to look at. It's your thoughts and your feelings. And so if you say, I don't want to fail, and so you don't try, you never get to uncover that stuff. And that's the underlying reasons to why you're drinking. So if you're not willing to do that, you're just going to keep going with a lot of start and stops and saying, I'm not going to drink or going on a 30 day break and then going right back to your old behaviors. So to make permanent changes with your relationship with alcohol, you have to be willing to look at that and that requires some failure. It just does. So your tolerance for the failure does get better over time. But the women in my program who have been the most successful don't make the failures mean anything. They get curious, they figure out what happened and then they just keep going, right? Usually what happens is if we have a failure, it stalls us. We like get really down on ourselves and we just kind of like get into that old pattern again of over drinking and overeating, right? And so then we might do that for a while and then we get really sick of ourselves at one point and they're like, okay, enough's enough, right? And then we do it again. <laughs> but to, if you look at success, like if you're looking at a chart, right? Looking at success, it looks like this, right? There's growth and then fail. Growth and growth, 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 right? It just kind of goes up and down. But over time, you're going in an upward trajectory, right? The, the money and the failure is getting yourself back on track faster so you can reach your goals faster, okay? Instead of shaming yourself and being hard on yourself, and that just keeps you where you are. Oh, Leah, I responded to your email. I'm so sorry. I'm just getting to this. It comes under Angela Masenic Coaching. So I responded to both of your emails. I'm sorry if you didn't get those. But yeah, it just comes under Angela Masenic Coaching. If you guys put it on your credit card, it does not say anything about stop over drinking. So, yep, <laughs> a lot of people are concerned like that. So that's what it says. Just my name, Angela Masenic Coaching. Say, so say, I've learned to control the eating, but not the drinking. In some ways, I exchanged one for the other. Pretty common. You know, if you don't like if you don't give yourself that little space whenever your normal patterns are. So like say you drink in the evening, right? And you don't want to drink in the evening anymore. A lot of people just go start snacking, <laughs> right? Because there's something there. Like that's where you like, don't do anything for like an hour, no eating or drinking for like an hour and see what comes up for yourself. What are you feeling? Are you bored? Are you anxious? Are you stressed? Like we need to uncover that. Right? If we don't uncover that, we just go do something else. Maybe we get addicted to Facebook. Maybe we get addicted to looking at Airbnb or shopping or you know doing something else that doesn't really help us address the underlying issues. Kimberly says, you're so right. Even had started planning with a drink range. If I planned to, I never believed I could do it. Trust me, a drink range doesn't work. It doesn't. Your brain likes to know. This is why planning is so important. It just likes to know, like, this is what we are doing and be very deterrent, like decisive on it. If you're like, oh, I'm just going to have two or three, there's wiggle room and your brain will go in there in the moment, especially after you've had alcohol and be like, oh no, it doesn't matter. Just another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it doesn't work. Be decisive, commit to it, and then let yourself be uncomfortable and figure out what's coming up for you so you can learn and change your thoughts the next time you're in that situation.
Um, okay, so we got through a lot of good questions. I'm going to actually share my screen and just um, share the details of the SAP Over Drinking and Start Living program for those of you that are interested in joining that. Okay, so how I help and what I teach you. So I teach you how to identify which repetitive thoughts are creating results in your life that you no longer want. So like being an overdrinker, specifically. <laughs> and I coach you how to change your thoughts so that you get better results in your life, such as not being an overdrinker or losing weight. A lot of people in the program have both of those goals. Predominantly it's the drinking, but it's all very much tied in. So I do do a lot of weight loss coaching in there as well. And we have special Q&A calls just on weight loss as well. So, and that's how it was for me. I, the bigger problem actually for me, if I looked at my whole life and how many years I struggled was with, with, with my weight. And then the drinking thing came in as I turned of age, you know, I, I started drinking when I was, you know, in college and then it just escalated until I was about 40. So definitely a long time, but the food was longer. My parents put me on a diet when I was eight years old and I've tried them all. Okay, so it's like this entrenched thing with food for me and then alcohol thrown into the mix. It was a very hard struggle. So we definitely talk about both inside the program. I also coach you to look at all the other areas in your life and look at how we're thinking and what our belief systems are around other people and our relationships and things like that and how that contributes to your alcohol consumption and your food consumption. And I teach you how to process and feel your emotions so that you become more in control and can interrupt that cycle instead of being at the automatic of, of, of effect of them. So like, for example, if you get really angry and you get really responsive, right? Like how to pause and slow down and breathe instead of running to the wine cabinet, okay? So when you change the way you think and feel, that's when you make permanent changes with your relationship with alcohol. So when you look at what happens between that second and fifth glass or zero and two or whatever, like if you've decided not to drink, when we look at that, analyze that, get coaching on it, and then you become a different person and you don't need alcohol to manage in your life. Your husband can bring home wine, your friends can drink around you, and you're just neutral about it. So you would be a good fit if you fall into any of this. You tell yourself you're only going to have one or two, but typically drink more than you want. Um, the other thing I want to say is that I can't help you get off alcohol. If you feel physically addicted to alcohol and you would worry about your health if you took a few days off, this is not right for you. Okay, I'm a life coach. I'm not a medical credential. I can't, and it's all virtual. So if you feel like that is you, you would want to seek some sort of, you know, more intensive treatment program. Um, so anyway, if you're a good fit, if you struggle with honoring your commitments to yourself, you've tried to cut back in the past but failed to make it permanent, you often drink as your go-to for relaxation or pleasure or to wind down, and you are noticing that you're not really doing the, the things that you actually want to be doing in your life, and you feel stuck and overwhelmed and you're just kind of doubting that you can do it at all, you're probably a good fit for the program. So the details of the six-month coaching program are it's small, it's women only, it's a group coaching program, and I have 10 spots available to join me. We have a live kickoff on October 26th, so I'm filling up the program right now for us all to come together and do a live workshop. I've never done it this way before, um, and we're going to spend a few hours together. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to help you create your goals. We're going to get right into the best mindset possible that you can have to start your journey with the most success possible. It's application only. And Amanda, if you're still here, why don't you pop that application link in the chat just so we can have it. Um, there's an application required. I'll get into that in a second. So this is 
um, a really good sort of testimonial about what this process looks like. So the program is six months long, and this is what somebody wrote in about it. She said, I can honestly, honestly say that nearing the end of month five, my desire for alcohol is diminishing more and more each week. I plan my drinks for the week. I plan my food each day. Love it. I had five weeks of no drinks inside the program. I've had no drinks Monday through Thursday. I've had tons of social situations not drinking, and yep, I've had a few over-drinking nights too, and I can count on half of one hand though. I've experimented with it all. It's all part of learning and deciding my g-damn self what my relationship with alcohol will be, and I needed six months to do it. The chatter in my head that used to be constant has just gone. So I think this really displays like, what we do and you get the space and the support to experiment the exact relationship you want to have with alcohol whether you want to quit or take a break or some combination of that and have a safe place to explore your failures and examine and learn about yourself so each week inside the program you're going to have two opportunities to get live coaching so what that looks like is i email the group the day before and i say hey tomorrow's our coaching call at 6 p.m and, and I'm not saying they're all at 6 p.m. They're at various times, um, morning, midday, and evening, and we do them on the weekends as well. So we just let you know 24 hours ahead of time and reminding you of the coaching call, and then you reserve your spot by saying, I'd like coaching tomorrow. And then during the call, I'd be like, all right, Stacy, you're up, and I'll coach you directly. Okay, so it's individual coaching for you and your specific situation, but it's done in a group environment. So there's other people, other members on the call who can wit witness and observe your coaching and apply your coaching to their own lives. And then when I'm done with you and your direct coaching, I'll pull on the next person and then you can observe me coaching that person. Okay, so it's kind of similar to this. When you guys ask questions, I give support and then everybody in the group gets to benefit from hearing the answer, right? Um, except that it's on video. So I would be coaching you on video. Um, and that's how it works. So in, a, in one hour, we might get to three or four people. There's no, I don't have like everybody gets 20 minutes or anything like that. Usually it just comes to a natural conclusion. And then I put you back as an attendee and I bring on the next person. Okay. So there's a total of 10 of those a month. All right. All of them are recorded and uploaded into a members only website. So if you can't make them live, you can go watch a coaching call replay and get super valuable coaching on demand. And then we also have two other um, Stop Over Drinking and Start Living mentor-led calls. These are women who have been inside the program a little bit longer. They've applied the tools to their lives. They've completely changed their relationship with alcohol and or food. And they come on and they give you their tips and advice and answer your questions. So this is just a sample coaching call calendar. Like I said, range of times, morning, mid-afternoon, evening, weekend. Um, and we release the calendar a month in advance so you are able to plan your schedule around it. Every month also inside the six month program, you're gonna have some self-paced work. So you'll get a workbook that takes a deep dive into one area. So the first month when you join, it's all about learning about your feelings and learning about yourself and how you react to certain feelings in that work. Um, and there's like a daily exercise and a workbook there that you do that takes about 15 minutes a day And then there's some tutorial videos from me teaching you the concepts that you learn about in that workbook in that month Okay, so there's a workbook and videos every month of the program and the membership is is in a way that As soon as you join you have access to those first month's materials And then when we're done with that month, then it unlocks month two And so you can stay focused and not get overwhelmed with all of the information inside the program 
um, and then it just moves you through the program. And this is also where the coaching call replays are housed and any other um, worksheets or materials that we might have. We also have a bunch of archives that are previously recorded classes I've done on relationships and weight loss and feelings, and I'm always doing something new for the members. I'm bringing in, we did a sound bath experience. I brought in this like sound healer. We all did this meditation experience. It was really fun. Um, so I try to bring in some different things like that once in a while just to, you know, learn and apply from different modalities and what I'm teaching you as well. So your membership also includes a private Facebook group, and this is where you can get daily support if you want through coaching, through written, like written coaching. So you would write in to the Facebook group with your issue, and then myself or the other coaches or mentors would respond to that and support you, and that's where you would connect with other women inside the program as well. So um, that's pretty much the details of the program. Monthly workbook videos, two to three coaching calls a week. It's all on a membership platform that you have access to. It's on lockdown for only paying members. We only keep coaching call replays up for a month to protect all of our members' privacy. I take that very, very seriously. I know that this is a, a sensitive topic for us. You can also join anonymously if you want to not have your name associated with anything. We've had a few people do that and come on to coaching calls without your camera on, totally anonymous if you would feel more comfortable doing that as well. We also have a live, I mentioned this earlier, a live kickoff to the program on October 26th. We're all going to come together. I'm going to help you create your goals and plans together and get your mindset in the right place. So normal results after the six months are over is this permanently stopped over drinking. On average, 80% reduction in how much people are drinking. <laughs> so that looks like maybe a nightly drinking habit. You know, a lot of people that join are drinking a bottle of wine a night. Um, maybe sometimes not that much, or they just drink really heavily on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but looking at 80% reduction, if you're drinking a bottle of wine a night, you would be drinking a bottle of wine over a weekend versus a bottle of wine a night. So it's quite the reduction in that. If you show up, you're committed to doing the work in the workbooks, you get regular coaching. That is a result that you can expect to have. Also, the freedom that you that you have when your mind isn't freaking occupied and focused on this all the time, right? So I want you to imagine going through your day and not thinking and worrying about alcohol, <laughs> what that might open up for you. So that's what members report to me as well, and that's been my own experience with it too. Your skill to process your emotions and not be responsive to them, save money on alcohol and missed financial opportunities. And then going out into social situations or being around people that drink without having those feelings of deprivation, without feeling like you're missing out and just being totally comfortable and it just not being an issue. So the investment for the six month program is $5,500. So that again, just to kind of recap that, that's 14 live calls a month. And for this week, I'm actually throwing in an extra month inside the program as an incentive to sign up and get your applications in. Um, so you actually get seven months for the $5,500, but that's going away by the end of next week. Um, you get unlimited written daily support inside the Facebook group. You got the bonus courses and workshops, and then you get the live workshop all if you join before it kicks off. So that's the investment. And then like the additional bonuses that I have right now are the extra month inside the program, and then we get the live workshop. And then I, for people that get their applications in within the next couple days, I'm sending you my favorite book. It's called The Happier Hour. It's a happier Hour. It's about a woman who stops drinking and her journey through that. And then a blank journal to get you started on your journey. So that's what's available for you guys right now. And then 
the link to sign up or not to sign up but to submit your application to join the program is this link and I know Amanda put that in the chat as well so let me know if you guys have any questions about the program um, if you think you know if you have questions about if I think it'll help you um, your specific issue with drinking and making sure that it will work for you like please put those in the um, Q&A in the chat box so I can help answer those questions that you might have about it. Yes, Stacy, it gives you hope that you can figure this out as well. If I can do it, y'all, you can do it. Anything that was happening in my life, there was a drink in my hand. And now I, it's just removed from my life. I don't ever consider it a solution when I have a bad day during COVID. Both of my grandmothers died last year. It was never was like, oh, we need a glass of wine, ever. It's just gone. So it's a miracle. When I think about that, it really is a miracle that that happened because it was entrenched into my lifestyle. And I changed that through life coaching. I changed that by the exact same things that I teach you guys. We talked about today, what I talk about inside my programs. Um, you know, I was the party girl. I led, led it all. Encouraged people to go out, go extra drinks, bar hopping, hosted wine tastings, alcohol vacations, all of it. So I know that if I can do it, you can too. You're so welcome. You can make changes, Kimberly. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah, let go of be doing it perfectly. Really, like let go of that. It doesn't exist. Nobody's life is perfect. Like doing this work doesn't, I wrote about this in an email, I think it was yesterday, but it's like, I help women have better lives through drinking less. And it's not like rainbows and unicorns. It's just a real authentic, powerful life on your terms. And it means that you are open to feeling your feelings and you're open to looking into your own internal dialogues and looking at your relationships and stuff like that. And that's work, you know, that takes some grit and determination, but it makes your life so much better. It makes the possibilities that are available to you still left in your life seem possible, right? New jobs, new relationships, right? Any of that stuff is possible. Running marathons, like, you know, most of my clients are like almost halfway or halfway through their lives. And it's just, it can just be just the beginning. I have like, I call it BC and AC. So my BC is before coaching and AC is after. So I, that's how I refer to my life is looking at my life, how I was resentful a lot of the time and angry and anxious all the time towards people, making people responsible for how I felt all the time, you know, feeling underappreciated, all of that to now I know that I am 100% control of my life. I know that I get to decide what I want to do and that it's up to me to do it. And yes, that's hard, but I'd rather it be up to me than to anybody else, <laughs> right? Like I, I stopped giving my power away. I became empowered with what I wanted to do. And the first step was that was removing the issue with over drinking. And I just use that as a, as a way to get to know myself better to and make my life better. All right, y'all, if you don't have any more questions, we can sign off and you guys can go enjoy your Friday and take all this information in. If you want to apply to enjoy the program, get it in now, okay? So go to that website. There's some videos there and all of the information about the program is there as well. Recommend you spend some time there. Watch the three videos where I talk about the problem with over drinking, the solution, how I can help you, and then again, all the details in that third video. 
and then submit your application and I'm personally reviewing those. If you are approved to join the program, you'll receive an email from us with your um, approval and then the link to complete your payments. If you're not approved to join the program, I do require, um, I should have mentioned this, a, a deposit to get your application in. If you're not approved, you get your deposit back and I'll give you resources or steps right, which I think you should do to move forward if I don't think you're a good fit for the program. But most people that put their application and get approved because they've been watching and reading and listening to me for a while and they just know that, that I would help and they fit the criteria. So it's usually a no brainer. All right. So fun hanging with you guys this morning. We'll talk to you all soon. And email hello at AngelaMasenic.com if you have any questions after this. If it comes up about the program or joining, go ahead and just send us an email at hello at AngelaMasenic.com and we'll get back to you. All right. Have a good day, y'all. Bye. That was so good, right? Well, I hope you enjoyed. And to get your application in to join the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living Coaching Program, you just go to AngelaMasenic.com forward slash join S-O-D-S-L. Again, that's AngelaMasenic.com forward slash join J-O-I-N S-O-D-S-L. Can't wait to see who joins me. Yeah.